0: How's everybody today? I hope you've been dreaming again for these last couple of weeks. If not, i got a great message for you today. I believe it's from the heart of God. And uh, Kyle and I had so much fun last week. What we did, I guess you figured it out by now. Some of you are real savvy because I was over here at 9 o'clock and you saw Kyle. You're like, what's up? What's up? What's up? We switched pulpits. We preached the same message, but we, but we did the week before, but we we switched pulpits And uh, it's just great having our dream team and then our staff, we have so many talented people. And I think that's because God's putting a dream on the inside of people. And you know, when you go through hard times like we have through the last year or so in our country with the politics and then with COVID, um, a lot of times things like that, discouragements, disappointments can kill the dream. And so what's God's answer to that? He doesn't change the dream. Sometimes he doesn't even change the circumstances. Come on, how many of you thought 2021 COVID was going to go away? Everybody said after the election COVID was going to go away, but nothing's changed. In fact, Greg was telling me tomorrow starts a new mandate. If you travel on any public vehicle, they want you to wear a double mask. Okay. So what does God do when the circumstances don't change? He gives you another dream. That's what God does. Here's my theme verse, Genesis 37, verse 9. Then Joseph had another dream. And that's what I've been praying for you. It was different pictures, but it was the, the same thought that God was trying to say. And he told his brothers about it also. And he said, listen, I had another dream. You know what I've been praying is that, is that God would, would breathe on you and breathe on the dream that he has for your life so that it's what you would want to talk about. More so than the the, the latest clothes or maybe you're buying a new house. Maybe that is the dream. Maybe the deer, maybe that is the dream. Or, or, you know, nothing wrong with talking about those things, but I just want the dream of God to take preeminence in our life. You know, I, I wanna thank you guys because we had the privilege of hosting two different pastors groups here this week. On Tuesday, there's a, there's a group that I've been a part of for about 15 years. We got together and, and it's, when, when you host, you get to share it. I got to share this and I think it was encouraging to them. And then we had a, a Ark meetup prayer day on Wednesday. And I shared it with them again. And here's, can, can I just share with you my greatest fear as a pastor? Is that we just put our lives in cruise control and we don't live out of a dream from God in our life. Because you can do that. And let me just say, you, you might be there today. You're in cruise control like, Scott, I don't need a dream again. Well, God bless your heart. But for the rest of us, I want, I want to see God's dream in my life. You say, why is that? Well, there's a great reason. In Proverbs chapter 29, the Bible says this. It says, if people can't see what God's doing, if you can't see it, then what happens is you stumble all over yourself. But when they attend, in other words, when you get involved in what he reveals, they are the most blessed. They are the most blessed. Come on, say most. The most blessed blessed. And I want to help you see a little bit today because um, I believe today we live in a day where you're seeing people stumble all over themselves. Um, Every day you read in the news about people doing uh, what what seemed like, it it seems like there's an absence of common sense, both sometimes I see it from our government, and then I see it from some businesses, and when you can't see what God's doing, then it messes with you in a bad way, and your life is not as focused and full of accomplishment as it could be. You stumble all over yourself. Some of you actually feel that way. You're like, man, I feel like I'm just stumbling through life. But when you have a God dream, when God has revealed something in your heart that he wants to do, then the Bible says that you're most, most blessed. And that's why I'm adamant about you reading your Bible. Because if you haven't started yet, forget that today is the 31st. Don't try to catch up. Start tomorrow morning and read your Bible every day. Choose the morning, choose the evening, choose lunch. Listen to it in the car on the way to work, whatever, whatever. Why? Why you say, Scott, why do I need to do that? Because we all get tempted. We all get sidetracked. We all get discouraged. And it's amazing how a daily word from God can focus our life. God doesn't need to tell you everything every day. But I'll tell you what, when I'm being tempted, I need, I need a word from God so I can put the temptation in the proper perspective and make the wise choice. John, that's a, that's, a that's, that's, a, that's a line right out of our, our kid's chapel, make the wise choice. Here's, here's what I want you to know. Clarity of what God is doing brings big dreams and big purpose to what I'm doing. When you have clarity of what God's doing and God's at work today, Don't you believe the news? Don't you believe what the haters and the doubters say? God is on the move. in 2007, there was a movie called The Bucket List. Um, I don't really recommend the movie. It was kind of a rough movie, but it was about these two older guys, one of whom was very wealthy and they both had months to live. And so they made this list and they traveled the world doing everything that was on the list. And here's the moral of that movie was that all the thrill type stuff, you know, running with the bulls and uh, whatever, you know, climbing the Eiffel Tower, whatever it is that you might dream to do, all the thrill type stuff did not fulfill them at all. Um, What was most fulfilling was what they did for others. That was the things in life that was most fulfilling is what they did for others. And so... So, so this week, I'm sitting around with about six other pastors. We're having breakfast together. Big shout out to the Dream team that, uh, that, that served us on, on Tuesday morning. And Pastor Jonathan from Bethany asked me this question. So I'm sharing about Dream again and Joseph. And uh, he said, well, Scott, so, so what is the Dream? And he kind of shocked me and took me aback. I wasn't, I wasn't really quite prepared to answer that question. And then, and, and then something else happened to me in this last week that kind of brought about today's message. Um, Vanessa's sister's been helping us work on Connor's house. And so she was with us last Sunday and we preached about dreaming again. And she said, Scott, I don't, I don't, I don't have a dream. We were talking afterwards as we were working on Monday. She said, I don't, I don't have a dream. And so I wanna teach you today how to dream. Because I'm convinced we don't know how. Some of you are natural dreamers, and, uh, and you you get this, but most of us are not natural dreamers. Let me just tell you, one of the things you have to do is you have to get quiet. You have to be still and turn everything else off, and you have to be alone with your thoughts if you're going to dream, okay? Listen to the Lord and just think. I, I, I believe our devotional time is a great place after we spent time in the word. You know, I, 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 was, I, I was reading this week, and the Bible said this. The Bible said that God uh, had, had fulfilled every promise to the family of Israel. Israel was, would be Jacob in the Bible. His name was changed to Israel. He was the father of the, the 12 tribes of Israel. And I thought about that, and I just began to dream and pray this. God... Every promise you made to my father and to the Bledsoe's, I want it fulfilled in our life and in our day. See, that's one of my dreams. I want every promise God has got for the Bledsoe's. And the ones my dad didn't participate in, I want them. And the ones that God's promised to me, I want my kids to walk in them. And so I think what you need to do is you need to write down the ones you know the things that God gives you. Now, here's the tension when you do this. You're gonna be tempted to write down the things you don't think could ever happen. Because as soon as you do that, you're gonna have this. God's gonna God's gonna give you this, this crazy thought, and you're gonna be like, Man, and then God will speak, and this is always how it works. And then the devil comes right behind and said, That would never happen. But write them down as crazy. Look, I'm not saying don't post them on Facebook, that's not smart. Just write them down in a journal. Write them down in your iPad somewhere. See, you need to have a list of things that seem impossible for them to happen. Don't stare at me like a cow at a new gate now. You need to have a list of things, some of which seem impossible. Because here's what I'm convinced. Guys, put this, put this phrase up. God loves to do the impossible and to make dreams come true. The whole Bible is God doing the impossible. You know, I, I, some of the ones I have, I have for my own life, I've written down over the years, is I want to visit all 14 SEC stadiums for an LSU football game. The work is interfering with that. I'm going to have to retire probably to do all of those you know, from being a pastor. And I've already been to three or four of them. I would love, this is ridiculous, but I would love to be a part of planting a hundred churches out of the household of faith. Something I've written down that I'm believing God for. I want to lead a church of dreamers. And so that means that I've got to be a dreamer. And I'll tell you what, if you'll be a dreamer, if you want your kids to be dreamers, they need to grow up in the house of a dreamer. Chances are, You've already had a dream, but you have abandoned it. I want to teach you some things about dreams today from the scripture. Number one is this, that dreams are the language of God. In fact, the, 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 the native language of the Old Testament is, is Hebrew. And Hebrew is a pictorial language. God speaks in pictures. And see, so that's how he speaks. He speaks in pictures. That's why the Bible talks about dreams and visions. And all that kind of stuff. This is the way that God communicates to us. We, we live in America. We've been taught English. We think words. But I'm telling you, God is a God of pictures. Some of you are saying, I've never heard God before. Well, if you've ever had a God-honoring dream, if you've ever had a picture of you uh, involved in something that would glorify God, God has spoken to you. You just explained it away with your American mindset. Because you see a lot of times, God's gotta take us outside of our current reality so we can see something bigger. You need to know this, God does not exist within this reality. We are subject to the laws of gravity and thermodynamics and time. God lives beyond all that stuff. God does not wear a watch. He does not know what time it is. He's the God who makes time. He has always been and will always be. I don't understand that with my little pea brain, but that's what the Bible says about him. God is not limited by what we call science. You know, people uh, many times label Christians as science deniers. I'm not a science denier. I just know this about God, uh, that, that God exists outside of our science. And he wants to speak to you And he will often give you a picture. Acts chapter 2. This verse was was the reason why we're all here today. This was the verse that was the catalyst for the, it was called Faith Tabernacle back in the day, but why this church is here. In Acts chapter 2 verse 17, the Bible says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Prophecy there is kind of a way of speaking. Of, uh, you speak a picture of the future. He says, your young men will see what? Dream. And your old men will do what? Dream dreams. Dream dreams. Those three pictorial words, prophecy, visions, and dreams. When the, when, the, when the Holy Spirit is poured out on a person or on a people, this is what happens. People see pictures. They dream dreams. They have a vision of what could be. And all of these things are pictorially related. Now, why does God do that? Here's the second point I I want you to understand is that dreams are the target of your faith. What do you mean, Scott, the target of my faith? Faith must have an object attached to it that hasn't happened yet. People say, well, my faith. And really what you're talking about is your beliefs, your doctrine. Not the same thing. Not the same thing. It's great to have good doctrine. But your faith has to have a target. With, where, there is, where, where, where There is no faith without a target. So our dreams become the targets of our faith. What are you believing for today? Well, I'm believing to, I'm going to have a good day. Really? Is that, that's it? I'm going to have a good day? You're going to call upon the creator of the universe and say, God, this is my solemn plea. Could I just have a good day today? I just, I'm sorry. But for God's people, that's weak. That's weak. You need a target for your faith. And if you had a target then you would have a reason to believe. If you were leading a small group for the first time ever, trust me, you've got a target for your faith. God, I need you to show up in my small group. I need you to help me. This morning I prayed, God, I need you to show up. Why? Because I have some dreams for this church. I have a target for my faith. Hebrews 11, one says this, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. That means you don't have them yet and the evidence of things you cannot see with your eyes just yet. You see them in your spirit, but you don't see them with your eyes. Faith needs a target. It's what makes the Christian walk meaningful. You see people fall away. You know, I have, I have a gun. I can take my gun out, and I can just shoot it all over the place. And it, it's, it's, it's pointless. It's not even fun. But when you have a target... I develop skill. I develop some things in my life. It's the same way with your faith. Some of you are not growing in your faith because your faith needs a target. Just just out here willy-nilly shooting prayers here, there, and yon, you need a target for your faith. The target is the hopes and the dreams of what you have heard God speak to you. What are you believing God for? What would it look like? These are the kind of dreams I have. What would it look like if there was a household of faith campus in every little community in the Ascension Parish area? Um, You know, what if there was one in Dutchtown? What if there was one out maybe toward the the, the French settlement area? What if there was one in, um, I don't know. We have one out in Prairieville. I don't know what other areas there are. Out in Geismar. What if there was one in Geismar? What would it look like to have a Christian school that was winning not only athletically but academically and developing the next generation? What could that look like? What would it be like if we were the church that built another care point where there's some marginalized kids who could come and find Jesus? You know, next week, Pastor Dixon Changara is going to be here at the airline campus. And uh, many years ago, we're going to show you pictures of the church that this church built over there. I just dropped this little nugget: the church that we built in Mashvingo is now a thousand people strong. You did that, you did that, because God had a dream. I remember the day that God shared with me and said, "Scott, I want you to raise hundred thousand dollars for a care point." And I said, "God, are you crazy?" But we did it. Thousand people. We're gonna get a chance to sponsor some kids that come to that care point. I'm, I'm so excited. In fact, I wrote, we, we, Vanessa and I, we, we, we sponsor a child. Her name is Janet. And I wrote to her this week. And I've actually been there and I've actually met her. I'll probably show you a picture of that next week. Caleb and I went. What would it look like for me as a pastor, to step out of the way and allow the next generation to take this thing. You know what all this is? This is the next generation, baby. This is what it's going to look like when we step out of the way, and, 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 and that's coming, and we're going to hand it to the next generation, and they're going to have a dream to reach their generation. And I want to hand it over like my dad handed to me, debt-free. The ability to just dream and go for God's dream in their life. See, your faith needs a target. We still owe some money on that school. And I'm believing. My faith has a target. Lord, pay off that debt. Here's the third thing. Dreams have a habit of coming true. They do. Amen. My dad one night had a dream about a round building. We were over in this Building just across the parking lot where our kids are at now. We have all of our HOF kids over there in our nursery. Many of you drop your kids off over there, but that's actually where we were meeting. And he found a company in Florida that built round buildings. I've actually seen a couple of them. This was before the internet. And then, and then uh, at, at the time that he wanted to build was in the midst of a recession of the 80s. Some of you, you t- too young to know that. Interest rates were like 17, 19%. Borrowing money was not smart. And he financed it with this, this I'd never heard of it before, but we actually sold bonds. Yeah. Sold bonds. Some of you are like, bonds? What is that? I don't know. I didn't buy one. I was too young. But in three years, my... God moved enough where my dad bought all the bonds back, and in three years, this building was paid for. $1.5 million. It was miraculous, but it happened. See, it takes someone. Come on, put that statement up, guys. It takes someone believing that God can do the impossible. God's looking for believers. You say, well, believe what? Believe that God can do the impossible. Because in Luke chapter 1, verse 37, the Bible says, for with God, and I I stress, when you're with God, not God with you, you with God, nothing will be impossible. Nothing will be impossible. I'm telling you, your marriage with with God, it's not over. You, you, You can't have kids with God. It's not over. It looks financially dire. With God, nothing is impossible. See, I'm trying to get you to begin to believe again that what seems to be impossible is actually possible with God. So what stops us from believing that God can do the impossible? Well, number one, we have the wrong view of life. This reality, CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, Or whatever, that becomes our reality. What do you mean? Well, you get all caught up in conspiracies and executive orders and the politics of the day and COVID protocols and tracing, that you just live in this reality. You know, a lot of people live by the the laws and the the edicts of the CDC. I prefer to live by the word of GOD. We allow this reality, and I'm not saying these things are not real, They are, obviously they're real, but you cannot let the reality of this fallen world drag you into it, and we lose our focus on a God who wants to do the impossible. This is the church's finest hour. I'm convinced this is the church's finest hour if we won't allow ourselves to get pulled in and sucked into all the chaos and confusion and contention of the world. We're gonna love God. We're gonna love people. We're gonna love God. We're gonna love people. We're gonna love them no matter how they voted. We're gonna love them no matter whether they have a mask or not. We're gonna love God and we're gonna love people. Can I just give you a word about these times? Don't get nervous. Don't get nervous. Love God and love people. Don't get dragged into all the stuff that people are talking about on social media and everywhere. God is setting the stage for the church to be salt and light. And let me tell you something, light shines the best in the darkness. For the first time in our history, the church feels like it's in the minority in our culture we've been sliding this way for for since the 60s was probably sooner than that but since the 60s but i tell you if you claim to believe the bible you are in the minority today but let me but take heart the whole new testament was written by believers under the inspiration of the holy spirit who lived in countries where they were the minority and God miracles and i'm believing that's what god's gonna do i believe if you will read the new testament now it will make more sense than ever before because finally we we somewhat are in the same position that paul and james and timothy and others were in in the new testament Laws and executive orders don't change hearts anyway. Jesus is the only one that can change a heart. We have the wrong view of life. Number two, we have the wrong view of ourselves. Some of you are like, Scott, that's all fine and good, and you had a good family. You don't know what I've been through. Could I just ask you to do something? I, I love the song we sang. Actually, I requested that. I heard it at another church. We're in the presence of the Lord. I know your past is broken. But you can move on. It's over now. Here in the presence of the Lord. Here's what I would ask you to do. I would would ask you to allow the Spirit of God to stoop down and reach into your brokenness and bring healing into your heart. God sees greatness in you that you cannot see. It doesn't matter what you've done or what's been done to you. God still has a plan for our lives. You see, I I, I repeat this truth over and over again. I heard it, and it just resonates with me. We don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. Your hurts, your pains that colors your world. It's the filter that you look at life through. And as God heals you, you can begin to see the things that God sees. If I would have followed the script that my choices and life were writing for me, let me just tell you about the script I was in college, and I was hanging out with these guys. We were smoking pot, partying, and doing all the stuff you do at LSU. Let me tell you what happened to those two guys. One of them committed suicide about five years ago. The other one, as far as I know, is still addicted to substances. If I had followed the script of where I was at in life, who knows where I would be? Think about Louisiana. We're, we rank 50th in everything. Like, if you made A's in Louisiana, don't get so excited. We, 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 we're really not. Educationally, we're not up there. It took me seven years to get a four-year degree. Come on, somebody. I was on the extended plan. That was without tops. I froze up in my speech class. But look what the Lord has done with me now. And I'll say that to brag. I give God all of the glory. Don't follow the script that you feel like life is writing for you. Tap into what God wants to do. See yourself the way God sees you and live his dream for your life. Here's the third thing. We've got the wrong view of God. We just have the wrong view of God. We serve a nothing is impossible God. And then we pray boring prayers. Lord, I'm asking you to send world-class worshipers. You know what? You know how I was praying this week? I, I'm, I'm like, God, I'm asking you to send world-class worshipers that may not even know what they've got, the gift on the inside of them, send them to the house. I'm, I'm believing. You know what? I, I know everybody knows Hillsong worship and Elevation worship, but let me ask you this question. Why couldn't the household of faith write music that, would, that the world would sing in a nationwide revival? Why not? See, it's time to dream again. That's what I heard the Lord say to me. It's time to dream again, Scott. I think about the tired prayers people pray, either for the blessing or at night. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Let me tell you something. If that's the prayer you pray at night, you need to to dream again. If If you're reciting a children's prayer for the blessing, you need to dream again. You need to wake up and meet Jesus. In Romans chapter 4, verse 17, the scripture says that that is what the scripture means when God told him, Abraham, that is, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Well, Scott, nobody in my family ever owned a home, went to college, owned a business. God creates new things out of nothing. Nobody in my, you know, everybody in my family's a smoker. Everybody, you know, has a bad temper. Everybody's died of cancer. God brings the dead things back to life. Abraham believed in a God who did the impossible. Worked out well for him. This is the kind of prayers that we want to pray. Now, let's get real practical. Let me me just get real practical for you. So here's the first thing. A God dream is going to seem risky. All right? It's a faith step. It's a big leap. It's like the the closest thing I can compare it to is if, if you've ever jumped out of a plane with a parachute. That's what the faith leap. Now, I have a wife and daughter that have done that. I would never do that, but they did. Um, I think that's dumb. I mean, my, my faith leap is, why would you jump out of a good plane? And actually, the plane they went up in wasn't even that good of a plane. It had duct, I'm not lying, it had duct tape on it. It's up here in Slidell. I'm begging you people, pray for wisdom. My kind of, my thrill-seeking is like, I like to sign the note on like $2 million loans. And 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 build campuses where 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 places failed. Take old dilapidated schools and and see God recharge and refire them. You know what my dad was a my dad believed God could do the impossible. He left he left a a, a local church not far from here with thirty five men women children cats and dogs. And. Uh, and in fact, this is the building where our church started. They're gonna put that, building. see that building right there? That is the building where our church started. It's on Highway 431. Now it looked a little better, not much, but it looked a little better when we started in there. And then you look at all this, who wouldn't want this? I guarantee you if, if we advertised a vacancy for senior pastors, you guys could interview a 1,000 people. They would love to be in this place now. But you know what? Nobody, where's my pig, guys? Nobody wants to start right there. That's where you start. And if you got a dream, that's not where you end up. That's not where you end up. In fact, when my dad went to... Uh, borrow some money to buy the first three acres on the far end of the property over here next to this drainage canal toward Gonzales. There was a lady that worked at the bank of Gonzales. She was the loan manager. Her name was Ms. Wagaspack. Come anybody know Miss Wagaspack? Miss Wagaspack, she, uh, she said, Brother Ed, she said, you know nothing's ever made it on Airline Highway south of Papara. And my dad turned to her. This is how a man with a dream talks. He said, "Miss Wagaspack, Maybe God had never been in anything on airline south of Prepara. And here we are. This is our 50th year. Take that, devil. I mean, now we got us and the crackling shop across the street. We're breaking the way for cracklings, baby. And that's what a face step is like. It's like a parachute jump. And you're like, if this, if God, if you don't come through, I'm done. That's what faith feels like. That's what it feels like. That's what God wants to do. In Hebrews 11, verse 6, but this is what the scripture says. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith. Anyone who comes to him must believe, number one, that he exists. I believe the churches are full of people who don't even believe God exists. Because they don't have they don't, they don't exercise their faith. They don't have a target for their faith. You, you can't just come and just like, I went to church. What a big deal. Look, like I was in the Rotary Club. It was awesome. Anyone who comes to him must believe, you must believe that God will exist and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Those who chase after the dreams in his life. That word sincere means you make, you demand an account of God. You said, and I'm believing you're going to do what you said. Here's number two. A God dream will require God's involvement. God has to come through or it couldn't happen. You know what? I want to show you some pictures of the campus. Um, this This was the campus at Mount Zion when we got it. That's what it looked like. Go ahead and just kind of roll through those. It's pretty cool. And there it is now. All right, I was going to show you a few more than that, but that's cool. There was a lady named Tammy who's actually on our dream team. She emailed me, and this is what she told me. She said, I emailed four churches to see if they would be willing to maybe do a... a, a, It was really like a prayer request. And this is what she told me. She said, you were the only one that, that responded. And we ended up with that campus. I'm telling you, A God dream will require God's involvement. In Ephesians chapter three and verse 20, the scripture says, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. I want you to sit back at the end of your life and say, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Here's the last thing. This is real practical. A God dream will change lives. I want you to lean into me right now and hear what I'm saying. Your life is not about a spouse, a bigger house, a different car, a camp, a vacation. That's not what your life is about. Again, nothing wrong with those things. It's about allowing God to place you in a spot He has already created you for. Look. It's not like for me, it's not like God said, "Oh my goodness, brother Ed's retiring. I need somebody. Who can we pick? Okay, let's pick Scott." That's not how that's not how it works in the kingdom. You were born, and God already has a place for you mapped out before you were born. In fact, the reason you were created was to fill the spot that was already a part of His plan. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 11 and 12, it says, it is in Christ that we find out who we are. You'll never find out who you are. Listen to me, young person. You'll never find out who you are until you are in Christ. And... What we are living for. You'll never find out what you're living for until you're in Christ. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, guess what? God had his eye on us. And he had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. You were birthed. Because God needed you. There's a place for you already in his kingdom. It's your job to get close enough for God so he can tell you. I want you to bow your head this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. God, I pray. God, you said in the last days. And I believe we are. I know we are closer to the last days. We've been closer than we've ever been. But God, this is what you said. You said you would pour out your spirit on all flesh. God, I'm praying for the flesh in Ascension Parish. Specifically, the men and women that will gather in the household of faith today, those that will tune in online, those that will watch us on demand on Facebook or across all the streaming platforms in the the weeks to come. God, pour out your spirit. God, I'm asking you to cause us to begin to speak prophetically about our future. God, put dreams in our heart. God, I pray that young people will begin to see a vision for God's plan for their life. God, I'm praying for my own children. I'm praying for Greg's children. I'm praying for our our young staff. God, I'm thinking of all of the youth that will be gathered at this worship night tonight. God, God, that's what I'm believing in. Tonight would be a great outpouring of the Spirit of God on our heart and life. God, that the result of tonight would be prof- prophetic words, dreams, and visions. God, help us see something new. In Jesus' name, I pray. While your heads are bowed, let me just ask you this question: How's your walk with Jesus? If I gave you three options, hot, cold, or somewhere in the middle, which would you choose? God wants your relationship with him to be hot. I like it when my relationship with Vanessa's hot. Come on, I think she likes it too. If you're cold, Maybe you're indifferent, warm. And you say, Scott, I want to make a fresh commitment. I want to dedicate myself again to the Lord. Maybe for the first time. Maybe it's been a a while. And you say, Scott, could you pray for me? I'd love to pray for you this morning. We're not going to embarrass you. Every head's bowed, every eye's closed. Here's what I need you to do. Just, just, just raise your hands. Say, Scott, pray for me. We're going to pray for you right where you are. God bless you, sir. Anybody else I can pray for? On the floor, in the balcony. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Yes. Yes. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. All right, come on, guys. Pray this with me out loud. Say, Jesus. I believe you are proof that God exists and He rewards us even though we don't deserve it. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross. It was for my sin. It was for my my rebellion. But thank you, Jesus, for allowing God to raise you from the dead. And do the same thing in me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great day.